listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're listening to the podcast that it's farthest from. And here are your hosts, Jonathan and Nathan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Sons of Tatooine. I am one of your hosts, Nathan, a.k.a. NP Bro, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jonathan Cohn. Today, we also have uh, one of our podcast co-producers joining us, James Cohn. Hello, I'm Jonathan Cohn, and our topic today is our expectations and speculation for the second season of The Mandalorian, which is coming out in October of this year. We will discuss what planets and characters we wish to turn up, what plots we hope to see, and which directors we are most excited for. We will also be discussing what, if any, veracity there are to the rumors regarding the casting for the season. All right, to begin with, uh, Nathan, I'm going to throw it to you first. What are your overall expectations? What are your feelings? Do you want season two to be bigger? Do you want it to be smaller? Are there are there certain things you're just like, it has to have? Or is there a vibe? Do you think it's going to stick with the Western samurai? Or is it going to go totally different? What, what are your thoughts? I don't want to see a departure from what made the show successful. And I also don't want to see a rehash of season one. So either of those things... You know, kind of those directions. We got to find where we're going with this. I agree. I'd love to see, let's say, some lore. Some. I mean, we need more information about the child, right? So Obviously. I want to see his backstory explored. I want to see a little bit more. You know, give us more to to fawn about because, of course, the theories are crazy, and you know, we don't even know. Like, I mean, obviously, my first thought is, I don't know what yours is, but. The when they told him that he was now a found or they, that the child was the foundling of, uh, you know, Dinjarin, that he was right. He's so he's in his clan now, and you have to find his own planet or his own people and turn him right. Is that not probably going to be like the starting off point that we feel like is maybe that's the question that jumps him to the next, you know, plot point that's early in the season, right? Um, yeah, I think that I think that the second season is primarily going to be like a soul searching for him with the baby with with the child. He's going to be trying to figure out, okay, one, who do I need to get to help me with this weird mystical force, whatever? And two, um, uh, how do I care for a baby? Like, like he, he's got the basics. You need to feed it, you know, walk it, you know, all these things, but he hasn't figured out how to parent yet. (laughs) He's got to teach it. Um, and, and I, I look forward to seeing that aspects of it. I do agree that I do not want to see it make a market departure. I wouldn't mind expanding, but I don't want it to like to go from being a Western in season one to like a complete romance in season two even though I love romance stuff, but like, like I wouldn't mm. want to see a drastic, you know, anything like that. But James, what are your overall expectations for uh, season two of Mandalorian? Oh boy. Well, um, I, I actually expect that at some point, and I feel like I'm probably saying this wrong because you haven't said him, his name like this. Am I allowed to call him baby Yoda or, that's not what Lucasfilm wants us to call him. Oh. They want us to call him the child or baby. The child, but, okay. But we may as well, you may as well, it's the fan name, so I'll, I'll allow Baby Yoda. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so, so the baby or the child, um, uh, <laughs> I, 
I really am expecting that we're going to see a little bit more of Baby Yoda's dark side because there was that little moment where you see him force choking. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not like excited to see that because, you know, I want him to be good. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like I kind of want to see a little bit of, of this, this dark side to this innocent character that, that everybody loves and is the reason why the show is as popular as it is. Um, but I definitely expect to see, um, some, some new characters or I guess like, uh, I shouldn't say new characters, but, uh, even characters of other TV shows or other parts of star Wars that will be connected mm-hmm. together. Um, um, I think that, yeah, I, I don't know exactly as far as plot what to expect. I'm kind of trying to limit my expectations so that I um, so, so that I am uh, pleased with the results and everything. Um, Yay! And I think that <laughs> one thing that is going to be challenging is I think this is going to be a difficult season to come back after uh, such an extraordinary first season of uh, The Mandalorian. I think that for how the character development was put into the show and everything, it's like, I'm definitely curious to how much they're going to do. And I'm sure that with uh, the delays in film and everything right now, that they probably have a lot more time to really develop stories. So I am excited to see what they're going to do um, for sure. But I, <laughs> my expectations are fairly limited at this point. Yeah, I, I get that because you don't want to go in thinking this is what I'm getting and then you not get it, and then you expect. You didn't give me what I wanted to happen and what I thought was going to happen, and now I'm disappointed with it, which is essentially what happened with most people with the sequel trilogy. We all went Mm -hmm. in expecting one thing and got something pretty much pretty different, and so we were all kind of, you know, disappointed with it. We all all had our theories, and if if Snoke was not... Darth Plagueis, mm, we, we were mad, and that obviously was not the case. And uh, so I, I, do, I do agree we, we need to temper our, our expectations. I do agree with something else you said, which was that it, it, it's going to be hard for the season to match the first season. Because going in with the first season, it was the first live-action Star Wars series But at the same time, because it was the first, it didn't have too much expectation. We didn't know what to expect. There had never been a Star Wars anything on this caliber before. And so because it was so unique, there was no, there were no real expectations, I don't think. And so it was a surprise. And this time, because we have that expectation, we're... we, we It might be harder for us to accept everything in it. However... One thing that I think has helped season two is COVID and the whole lockdowns because there's so little actual big entertainment coming around from all sorts of things that I think a lot of people are just so excited to be getting anything that when Mandalorian comes out, it's going to just be like, a ah, finally we get something. And so there will be a little bit of a, even if it does things that people don't like, Overall, I still think it'll be widely successful and widely liked among people. Uh, so that's the overall. What do you have any thoughts about you know tempering expectations or um, uh, anything like that, Nathan? Yeah, uh, I agree with what you said. You know, the my expectation and we probably already said this, but of Mandalorian season one, we all thought we were going to see like something akin to what ended up being episode six 
right? Something yeah. akin to the prison break episode where uh, actually, now that I think about it, would be sure sure would be cool to revisit those characters that are kind of mm-hmm. locked away. I think Bill Burr might have been confirmed to come back somehow, which uh, they're just kind of left, you know, <laughs> in that cell, which was, of course, was pretty funny. Um, but I, I don't know. It it will have to it will have to change its tone. But you know, I think I have a lot of faith in the creative minds right here. So I'll just go ahead and mm-hmm. tell you, like. I'm not too worried about people buying in. <laughs> I think they're going to have a grace period that is longer than a lot of other Star Wars projects, purely based on cute factor, based on, <laughs> you know, a little bit of the, you know, people like that it, they want things to succeed. They want Star Wars to succeed right now. I feel like that's the mindset going around. Now, I think we will get an ex- uh, one One crazy thing is before the end of Mandalorian, we need to see Baby Yoda and, with a Porg. With a uh, Ewok and uh, I don't know something else like like just like have an explosion of cuteness on screen. I think that would be fun. Well, I don't know about the porgs, hmm. but um, <laughs> uh, can he can he eat the porg? That would be great. <laughs> Actually, he probably would. So that would be that would be entertaining for me. Yeah. I don't know for most Star Wars people. fans would like that a lot. I <laughs> I do I do think that you know for the first season or sorry. One of the reasons why this is going to be um, such a challenging uh, season to to beat, I think, for the first one uh, or compared to the first one is that the first season already killed off some of its best characters Um, like IG and and Quill. I think that, you know, how are you going to be able to top that? Um, I feel like that's one of the most uh, or that was one of the reasons why I think people fell in love with the show was those characters and, you know, the whole, mm-hmm. I have spoken and, you know, I mean, it's just the, it, it was so classic and so memorable that we're definitely going to need to see either some newly rewritten characters or some characters that the fan base has loved for a long time that will show up and will meet according to the standard. Well, I, I shouldn't say the expectations, but definitely the standards that they would want for these characters as far as uh, writing and story. And so, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and bringing up those characters, I'm going to go ahead and get this part out of the way. Um, so we can't really speculate about season two without addressing the elephant in the room, and that is the major characters that have been reported that will be in season two, according to the major news outlets. And those characters are Ahsoka and Bo-Katan and uh, Boba Fett and Cobb Vanth. And so I'm just going to take a moment and address that. So I looked up where each story originated. And the Ahsoka story was originally broken by Slash Film, and they said they have two, quote, independent sources, who both say that Rosario Dawson will play Ahsoka. They reached out to Lucasfilm and to Rosario Dawson's reps, both of whom declined to comment. However, we now know that Rosario Dawson is in The Mandalorian because another source said that she is has been on set. So that portion of it we know is correct. Um, then we have uh, both Deadline and Variety also said that they had their own independent sources that confirmed it. The reason I have any hesitation is none of those three places, Deadline, Variety, or Slash Film, named who their sources were. 
And so that always gives me a bit of trepidation. However, I think the I, source was uh, Doomcock. You heard of him? Yeah, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> well, I was going to say the reason that they, I would be more likely to believe than someone say Doomcock would be that A, they've all been through um, uh, journalism school and B, they, you, they all have in the past, I've looked up what their things are and they all seem to follow the same kind of code of ethics um, uh, that they really don't share stories. There's very few stories shared by Slash Film or by Variety or Deadline or even Hollywood Reporter that end up being blatantly false. Sometimes they report something and then have to say the company has made a change afterwards. Like when when we got the uh, the Obi-Wan announcement, everyone was said, we're still going to get an Obi-Wan movie. And then they pulled back and said, no, that's been canceled. And then they said, now it's going to be a TV show. So we've had pullbacks from them on things like that. But we, re- we rarely have a flat-out lies from them. So... I personally say that I'm very hesitant to believe anything that isn't Lucasfilm uh, directed or, or absolute confirmation from the actors. But I, especially since we know that Ahsoka and Bo-Katan have been reported in, we're most likely not going to get one without the other. There's a possibility, I think, and we can talk about this later, of how we could see Bo-Katan um, uh, without Ahsoka, but I'm assuming we're going to see both around the same episode. And then I highly believe the sources that say that Tamara Morrison is returning to play, um, Boba Fett and that mm. Timothy Olivant is going to play Cobb Vanth. I, I definitely believe those because of the setup in episode five, where you had the, 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 the person walk up to the body of, um, uh, of Ming-Na Wen's character and then the, it cut off and that was in Dave Filoni's episode that he wrote so right. I feel confident that that's supposed to be either I think what that is is that's going to be well we'll get, we'll get that in a second so that's <laughs> overall I'm getting ahead of myself that's overall my view on those uh, I'll throw first to you Nathan <clears throat> do you uh, estimate that you assume that these are correct, that we're going to see Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, uh, Boba Fett, and Cobb Vanth, or are you more hesitant about them? I saw a quote by Rosario Dawson saying that she, you know, when asked about that, and she said something like, that hasn't been confirmed, but if it was confirmed, I would be incredibly excited. Yeah, That type obviously. of thing. So I'm, I'm on the 99.9% kind of train when it comes to us seeing Ahsoka and yeah. uh, I feel like that's going to that's going to deliver a whole lot to to a lot of people. So as far as the other ones go, um I'm a little bit less likely to believe the Boba Fett. I just feel like they might save him for later in the series finale or something like that if they wanted mm. to kind of hold something back that would be the big card but uh, you've also got Grand Moff Gideon this season, right? Who he is a, I mean, uh, Estacarlos, well, I, I, Esposito, I can't remember his exact Giancarlo name. Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo mm-hmm. Esposito. Gus Fring. I, Gus, oh yeah, Breaking Bad. <laughs> um, fantastic character. I really can't wait for him mm-hmm. to get more dynamic inter- interactions with the rest of the cast because he is, he is the type that kind of makes a show. Like mm-hmm. he's one of those actors that can make a show. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he doesn't always fit. I've seen some shows where he plays 
a character that was so dry that it almost didn't fit. But it, uh, once upon a time, <laughs> really, I, yeah, I stopped watching. He, he was that. the magic mirror in that, I think. Um, but yeah, but I mean, yeah, after I watching wasn't. Breaking Bad, I mean, he's he's an incredible actor, and I mean, like everyone off of that show was yeah. a really good actor. But I mean, he was definitely one that um, I wanted to see within other movies and films and everything. And when I saw that he was in the Mandalorian, I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. And he had such a small part for the first season, but he does very well with playing a bad guy. And you can see that, um, I think from, uh, the, just the, the limited time that we saw him and, and the fact that, you know, he came in and then the, at the very end, seeing the sword or sorry, forgive me, Jonathan, I should know this, what the name of that, um, that's saber, dark saber, park saber. Dark, Dark Saber. <laughs> Sorry. I, Jonathan's killing me, James. This is probably my last time I will ever be on this podcast again. So um, goodbye, guys. It's been nice knowing you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, his, his character, I definitely want to see more of like who he is and really how he's connected. And um, I definitely want to see more of like, how is the Empire still in existence um, moving forward, I think how how are they? Even though the Empire is dead, how is it that we still have stormtroopers? We still have the Grand Moffs and all these characters still into play um, after the fallout of the Empire. It's like that's still bewildering me. Well, one thing I can tell you, James, is that there are several several stories featuring the Moffs and and generals and admirals from the empire about what happened afterwards, but you'd have to, you know, read the books, read them. So, but read the books, which are fantastic. And that's where most likely we're going to get the character of Cobb Vanth from. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. But yeah, I, I do agree with you that I do want to see more of, um, Moff Gideon. And I do want to, what I want to see is how he got the dark saber because the last time we saw the dark saber, it was with, Bo-Katan, and I think we could see a flash, because this show has established you can show flashbacks, albeit they weren't long flashbacks, they were just like, you know, little snippets um, in his memory, but we never really saw entire, like, five-minute scenes or anything, and I think we could see that in this one, um, see how he got that. Uh, I do want to uh, address that. I really like the idea of bringing in Clone Wars characters, because, A, the Clone Wars is really popular um, uh, right now, especially coming off the heels of that great season seven finale. Um, uh, but also that I think that it's aged real well recently. Like a lot of people like like uh, Nathan and I, you, you, you and I started with uh, the Clone Wars back in 2008 and James came recently. So it has the whole swath of... Um, uh, whole swath of, of fandom around it. And, and, and Nathan, I want to address this to you. Do you have any trepidation about, uh, we're, this is really uh, first world problems here, what I'm going to ask, trepidation about the democratization of the fan in that now Ahsoka Tano is going to be something that's not just for the more uber fans. It's now going to be something that everyone knows. And while it's exciting that now my friends, everyone knows about Ahsoka and likes her, part of me's, part of me's a little worried that now the specialness of me being an Ahsoka fan is not as much. Do you feel that at all with any of these possibilities or do you just like, yes, get more, more, more fans? It's hard not to. And I don't want to be, I don't want to think that 
I don't want to describe it as if my the majority of what I feel is trepidation. It's not. But there's a trend with any new media to redefine characters with within new guidelines and and mm-hmm. and you risk tampering with character development. You risk, you know, things in the past of their stories somehow being called to to say, no, that person wouldn't do that. And mm-hmm. you saw that a lot in, you know, of course, the sequel trilogy. So I think all of us have trepidation, um, particularly because she's a character that that I hear a lot of people use as comparison, saying this is how a female character, if we want to say, you know, female characters, nobody, you know, nobody loves female characters. Well, here's a female character that everybody loves, and here's how one should be developed, and here's how this is a great example of how you take a character that people did not like when she mm-hmm. was introduced Give them proper development. You know, let us appreciate the aspects about their character that made them unique over time and pay off, pay off the growth in a way that's going to endear us to that person and relate us to their story. Well, you know, introducing just the character of Ahsoka in, in The Mandalorian, I don't want them to try and, like, Let's say, let's put it in this way. Don't try and introduce it to Star Wars fans for the first time. You know? Yeah. Does that make sense mm-hmm. to you? Don't try yeah, and give does. us this character and be like, all right, time for a montage or, you know. <laughs> um, it's not that type of introduction. It needs to be mysterious. And then they can go watch the Clone Wars and watch Rebels and get to know her. That's what I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I would say that I think that we're safe in that this is Dave Filoni. Um, uh, I've been in some discussions in some Facebook groups about wondering about the future of the animated series and whatever, and we just got the confirmation that uh, The Bad Batch is coming in 2021, that around post-Order uh, 66 series, uh, which we'll save the, that full discussion for another episode. But with that, it's the discussion of how involved is Dave Filoni. And if you watch the Mandalorian documentary... You can see he is involved in every level uh, of the the, the Mandalorian, um, right. animal, mineral, whatever. Like that's he's why the, I'm he's not the, as worried. That's yeah, honestly the, his involvement gives me ease. He's he's like the the model of a modern major Star Wars nerd, um, and he just he he because he knows everything, and he's and he's really involved in the Mandalorian to the point that I don't think we're gonna see a post-Return of the Jedi, Ahsoka, and um, Sabine series, like animated series, like a follow-up to Rebels, I don't think we're going to see that until Mandalorian has run its course because Dave's going to want to have the reins on that, and right now Dave is pretty busy, and I'm guessing he he had... If they're bringing in Bo-Katan and Ahsoka and other characters from Clone Wars, I'm betting that he's has more creative involvement than even in season one, which season one was already pretty, pretty involved. So I would venture to say that he's, he's really going to handle this overall really well. And that, you know, it's, if, if she, I'm, I'm guessing she's going to be in like one episode. And if she's in one episode, I'm betting it's one that Dave actually wrote kind of like he wrote one episode of season one. Um, the first major topic I thought we would talk about, I, I, I came up with five individual topics we could talk about, and one is planets. Um, uh, I know that I get giddy when we see a familiar planet. 
I don't get quite as excited as when I see a character, because that's more, I think, a cool cut, a deep cut when you see a character that you know. But uh, a planet, I, I do get excited for. I have three that I'm guessing. I think we're going to see Tatooine again. I think it's obvious because we have some unresolved Tatooine stuff, though it's possible we might not go back there. I think we're also going to see uh, Dagobah. I think that that would be a cool surprise. And I wouldn't be totally surprised if they throw in Jakku. I think that those would be some good options for them. Uh, Tatooine and Jakku are both desert planets, but this is a Western, and a Western primarily relies on desert landscapes. And so I think that that would provide the desert landscape, and it's also really uninhabited for the most part. And so you can have the, the cool big scapes that don't require as much people and just require the volume more. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get something like that. Uh, I'll throw it to you, James. Are there any planets that you would be interested in seeing or that you think that we're going to see in season two? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I actually would be interested. In, uh, I, I would doubt that they would do this, but I think it would be interesting if they went back to someplace like Endor or... Uh, um, ideally like, well, hmm, trying to think about planets, uh, uh, I, I would wonder if they would ever do this cause it doesn't seem like it'd be necessary, but if they somehow got connected into Coruscant, like I would be interested in seeing what Coruscant looks like now that, you know, the empire has fallen and, you know, the, of course, like the Jedi are but extincts and everything we, we don't really know what's happened to them and you know i still want to and this is more just like i would like to see what happened to coruscant um in general it doesn't have to be on the mandalorian but if they showed yeah. on the mandalorian i'm sure it'd be amazing i doubt that for the way that they've been making the series that they would ever really do that because i think that involves so much forms of animation and blue screen and for what they're doing now, it seems like they're focusing more on real places or, or uh, places that look more realistic, I think, um, in, in the shooting process. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, but well, James, if you want to see Coruscant, boy, do I have a medium for you because <laughs> it has been included a lot in the books and in the comics, more in the books, though. Um, uh, and we got we got to see we do know the fate of um, Orn Frita. And we know the fate of I am. Oh, who's the 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 second in command? The blue guy with the horns. Oh man, I'm uh, blanking. Mas uh, Mas Mazameda. Huh. Um, uh, we we do know his uh, his his fate and what happened to Coruscant as a whole, um, which I think is pretty interesting. But uh, that's an interesting thought about maybe maybe seeing uh, Endor. I get to see my. Baby Yoda with uh with Ewoks. With Ewoks. So <laughs> See that would, all, that, that would be interesting. Yeah, <coughs> exactly. Um, I, up the cuteness factor. Up, up, the, up the toy sales. Well, I, I would rather uh, see him with Ewoks than with Porgs at this point. But we don't need to start an argument necessarily. <laughs> Boo. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, then with with regarding your Coruscant line, I don't think we're gonna see Coruscant in live action unless it's a full movie like. Um, yeah, Tychus, I agree with. Uh-huh. Or. If we get in, we might get an entire show where the whole thing is set on Coruscant, so that all the budget can be designing like the basic cityscapes. So then that they just keep reusing them, so they don't have to keep coming up with new. Yeah. Because putting Coruscant in one episode 
of a TV series would just be way too expensive. It's kind of like when they built um, they built the, the the set for the West Wing. There were these windows that they only had written for one scene, and they wrote them for several episodes so that it would save money down the line. So that I think it's going to be something like that that they have to use it several times. But Nathan. What are some of the planets that you're interested in seeing in season two? The first one that I actually thought of was uh, Yavin, Yavin 4. Oh, I didn't think about that. And, you know, with the, you know, the Rebel Alliance having a base there, um, plus the Masasi Temple. Um, so there's there's both dark side history, there's some force lore, and there's, at least the last we knew, a rebel based and standing there. So that might be a place where they ended up. It's it's that forested type of, you know, planet that we could easily see within the what the show has shown us so far and in the way that they like to pick planets. It would be interesting if they follow kind of a force trail of like, you know, where have Jedi been? Let's try and track down the last few known and maybe if we just go to their house and they've got some books, <laughs> then I can learn, you know, it'll be like Baby Yoda books, you know, move, move the move the force, move the letters within the within the Dr. Seuss books, you know. We, um, I, I mean, that's 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 silly, but uh, I would I would I would babysit that child. It would, <laughs> so if they if they followed that pattern, you know, they could end up, you know, maybe they went to they could go just briefly to hoth and look around and be like huh, not much happened here but there was a little vision of, of obi-wan like you said they could end up on dagobah or hey they could end up going to pl- somewhere like dathomir which would be really dangerous mm. um, that'd be interesting but that's a that is a th- i think that's a good idea glowing to dathomir that's that's one of those things that a lot of fans will know it but a lot of fans it'll be their first introduction and it's so different visually from just any other Star Wars world. Yeah. You know, it's it's so unique that that would be really cool to envision it on the screen for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that we're not going to see Yavin 4. And here's why. I think that they're saving Yavin 4 for the new Cassian Andor series, which is set during the Rebellion time when they had... <coughs> which is going to be set when they had a base on Yavin 4. And they already essentially know what it looks, the interior of the temples and the exterior of the temples look like with Rogue One. So it'll be easy to reproduce for that. And so I think that they're going to be like, we don't want to cross too much between the different shows because otherwise then it'll get stale. So I would assume that they're going to save that for the Cassian Andor series. Um, one, and I'd like to see your thoughts on this, James, about w- one planet that I, I didn't write down, but as we were talking, I thought it, it fits the Western vibe. It fits the Star Wars vibe. And would it be cool to see through like Jedi history would be Utapau because y- you can, I think there's some cool, they could find, um, uh, you know, cool things from from when Obi Wan was there, mm. or yeah, you know, I I don't know, but I think that would be a cool concept. James, do you do you think that would be possible? Uh, well, anything is really possible. I feel like, uh, um, but I mean, at the same time, I I get the feeling they wouldn't necessarily go to Utapod. Um, I feel like a lot of the appeal of Utapod was really General Grievous, and since General Grievous is no longer. Uh, 
living, yeah. uh, make him sound like he's a real person. I, I doubt that they would want to really well. visit that planet. But, I mean, the, the aliens that were there, um, uh, that, that species, I think it was kind of interesting to see that in the movies. And I think that it, it would be interesting if they did something that ties into Revenge of the Sith or, like, some, some place within Revenge of the Sith. I think that would be interesting. I mean, um, I doubt that they would ever want to go to a place like Mustafar. Like that, that would make no sense. But I mean, it would certainly be interesting to see uh, on film for a character to go back and revisit that. Um, yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I haven't really specifically thought of that. One thing with uh, with uh, Utapau, you said the Powans, um, which are a really cool species. Uh, <laughs> there is a book where you have a Powan who goes nuts and he starts taking human arms and sticking them on droids that don't have arms. It's gross and weird and just hilarious. And just like, he's like, you know, bat crazy. It's, it's an awesome book. And it's Hmm. just, you know, it's, it's called last shot. It's, it's actually one of the lead in books for solo. Um, it takes place before solo, right after solo and right after return of the Jedi. Um, so it's a very, anyway, that's a different side, side note. Um, I was having a thought, Jonathan. Um, yeah, with, and I don't, I don't think it'll be Camino, but there was a lot implied as far as the Imperial science regarding the experiment oh. that was Baby Yoda. Regarding yeah. is he a clone? Are they trying to clone him? Are they trying oh. to, like, are they trying to learn the Force from his genetics and empower people with it? Or is this related to bringing back Sidious? What is the like? I expect us to see an Imperial science base on some planet. Mm-hmm. I expect us to either end up there once they find out that's where, you know, they were, that's what they wanted the child for. Who were these people that wanted him? Why did they want him? Like, and you know, I guess they were trying to get rid of the evidence towards the end of the season when, you know, they're just like, but then there's one scientist who was like, no, 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 I got to save it. You know, um, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe we can follow the trail there. Uh, I would be interested because there's some unanswered questions there, unanswered questions. And the the patch on the arm of that scientist was the Kaminoan patch. So I think we could. That is a possibility. Now that you say that, I wish I had <coughs> wish I had thought of that. But I do think that Camino is a good idea. I think we'll move on and um, go regarding characters. We already touched on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go first and say what my predictions overall. I think Ahsoka is going to be in one episode. That's it. I think it's going to be, they'll happen upon wherever she is. She'll deliver some wise saying or something or give him some information about the Jedi. And then he'll leave and the episode will end with like a shot on her and then it'll cut to black. So Hmm. that is, I think, the extent. Like maybe she's in 20 minutes of, you know, that's it. Uh, Bo-Katan, I think she might be in flashbacks. She might be in the present and be in an episode, but I'm just guessing in some flashbacks. And here's what I think would, would make sense regarding Boba Fett and Cobb Vanth is that we know based off the aftermath novels that Boba Fett got eaten by the Sarlacc and his armor was spit up by the Sarlacc. And this sheriff, he calls himself a sheriff. He really isn't a sheriff. Um, named Cobb Vanth, shows up and uh, kills the person trying to take Boba Fett's armor and puts it on himself and becomes like this sheriff in on Tatooine. And I think that's who we saw bending over 
um, uh, the, the Ming-Na Wen's character in Mandalorian season one. And I think that we're going to see him interacting with Mando and Mando's going to think it's Boba Fett. And then Boba Fett's going to come in and you're going to see Tamora Morrison and he's just wearing whatever he's wearing. And he kills Cobb Vanth and takes back his armor and is like talking with Mandalorian and Mando's going to be like, you took off your helmet. And he's going to be like, that doesn't matter. And he's like, I, I, I didn't follow that. And I'm, I'm a Mandalorian. And so then Boba Fett's gonna, Boba Fett's gonna learn to be able to live without the helmet more. And that way we can see more of Diego Luna's, I mean, not Diego Luna, Pedro Pascal, more of Pedro Pascal's face. Um, do you, any of you, uh, I'll start with you, Nathan, do you have a idea for uh, for that, uh, what would you think hmm. you could see with Boba Fett, Cobb Vanth, assuming they're in it, as we've talked about before? The twist that you just presented was actually quite likely. I can <clears throat> I can see that happening. <sighs> Boba Fett, man. I've been wondering about his armor. His armor, is it Beskar? Or, because to me it mm-hmm. looks a very... Oh, yeah. It's very similar to when Mandalorian, when he the armor that he starts out with... It's mm-hmm. more similar to that in its look. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's definitely not the new shiny. Um, it, <laughs> I'm reminded of the uh, Men in Black quote, you know, busted hotness. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's busted hotness compared to the, the, the sleek shine look that the Mandalorian got when he got his full brand new Beskar armor. I don't know. Wouldn't it be cool if, if he, you know, upgraded his suit somewhere along the way and we get a... We get a newer version of the Boba Fett armor. I don't. I don't ever expect him to change his core design. I, mm. It'll be like distinctly his. But like you know, fans will be excited. They're like, "Ooh, we get a new set to make." If he did kill kill the guy, get his armor back, something like that. Um, <clears throat> did you want to know what other characters I thought we might see? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <coughs> All right. Off the off the main tier list. I'm just gonna go ahead and say everybody's out except for possibly the droids. If we, if we were to see somebody from the main series movies, the only people that I could possibly even see, and that's just because I know Anthony Daniels would be willing to, he's always <laughs> willing to do his part. So if they asked for th- 3PO, he would, he would be willing to like, you know, in the, appear in the corner of a scene, just at the end of an episode in a rebel base or something, and just like see the ship fly by and be like, what was that R2? You know? <laughs> um, so those are the only two that I could see, obviously, of the main cast. But um, I think we will probably get some new droid. I think the likelihood of a new droid in the cast is, is pretty likely. At some point, in, I don't expect an IG. I expect another, maybe even an HK unit. I mean, that would be super awesome if it was an HK unit. But I don't think we're going to see an HK unit. You know? But... <laughs> but if it's if it's following the path of using bounty hunter units or something like that, we I could see us maybe being introduced to like Forlom or something like that, or maybe do you remember Nathan in the season one finale of Clone Wars when uh, Cad Bane and a bunch of bounty hunters um, uh, take over the Senate? There are these um, uh, droids that are with them that can change voices. Uh, I am blanking on the name of the commando droids. Uh, they're also in the famous rookies episode of season one. They're they're used throughout the Clone Wars. I think that 
it would be cool, and I think it's possible we could see some of those commando droids. What, what, what do you think? What do you think about that? Yeah, man, uh, any of those droids that are Clone Wars droid, dro- especially mm-hmm. if they have a unique ability like that. Yeah, I think the likelihood of them being brought back as as live action, you know, man, sure would be cool. Uh, with yeah, you, uh, you, with Mando's kind of uh, <laughs> not fondness for droids, or now that he's come around on IG, but. Um, but the rest of the droids, it's it's so essential to his character, which is what I was going to get on. Is it feels like that may be something that they go back on and be like, yeah, he really doesn't like droids. And just just as a, we already kind of resolved this with he's a he learned that he could, but he still doesn't like all the rest of them, you know. <laughs> so he's mm-hmm. it's not going to be a you know a big plot point. It'll just be a funny, oh man, he really hates droids moment where he just like destroys something, you know, a la that, that droid that was destroyed in uh, Jabba's palace in the beginning of Return of the Jedi, you know. Ooh. Yeah, I could I could see that happening. Regarding um, C-3PO, you're right that not only does Anthony Daniels do a lot in Star Wars, except for the audiobooks, every single time you hear <coughs> C-3PO, either in a short, like, Lego cartoon or the animated series or a special or a video game or any time you see C-3PO, it is voiced by Anthony Daniels. Um, uh, so he loves being in it, and he even used to pester whenever he would go more than a few months without doing a uh, Clone Wars episode, he'd go up to, to Dave and be like, hey, Dave, why don't you include me in your show anymore? So <laughs> I think that we're going to... I think that it, that would be likely... Or maybe he might play another type of 3PO unit or something like that. He might voice it or come in for that if, if C-3PO doesn't make sense. Uh, and hmm. I'm talking about Boba Fett. I'm imagining, you know that scene, James, where uh, in, in Age of Ultron, the Ultron is, uh, has captured Black Widow and he's talking with her and all of a sudden another even bigger Ultron comes and just destroys the big Ultron and says whatever something makes you stronger yeah. and just destroys it. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like that, like Boba, uh, Cobb Vanth is in the Boba Fett armor, intimidating them. And then the real Boba Fett comes and just snaps his neck and just is like way taller and way, way more <clears throat> muscular. I think something like that would be cool. Do you, do you have any expectations with any of these, any cool characters, maybe classic or prequel or whatever that you'd like well, to I've see? Been, I've been thinking about, you know, who's going to show up and, and I almost feel like they're probably not going to bring back, you know, a lot of like the, I mean, C-3PO is, or, and R2-D2 are, are definitely a possibility, but I get the feeling that they're probably going to focus on more of like the side characters that you didn't necessarily like have a main story with in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was thinking, <clears throat> you were talking about droids and talking about, you know, uh, Boba Fett, uh, and I thought about it more. It would be interesting if they brought back uh, some of the other bounty hunters that were actually in the Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back, like Bosk or uh, Dengar, because it would be interesting to see if they are, were in existence, or you know, if they if they have any play within um, within the storyline, or if they do something to try to capture the baby, or you, you know, I mean, who who knows what could happen? But I mean, they they could easily be brought in in some way or shape or form. So I think it'd be interesting if they randomly showed up and it's like, huh? And I mean, people will probably not know, but then, or like, you know, regular watchers, but then the big fans will be like, Oh my goodness, that's Dengar, you know, that's Bosk. And, and so I think that that would be interesting to, to witness that, um, within, I'd like to see Dengar come back just because I really want to see, 
um, uh, Simon Pegg redo his voice again because Simon Pegg played Dengar in the Clone Wars and uh, he's already uh, been in Star Wars with Force Awakens. So I think I think that would be pretty cool to see. Maybe he'll be there for one quarter portion, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, well, I guess we'll uh, that's a that's a good place to move on to uh, one question I have and. I don't think you guys are going to care as much about this one as much as me, but I certainly do. And it's how many episodes will be there in the season. Now, I'm not a betting person, but I always make this analogy. If I was a betting person, I would most likely put my money safely on getting eight episodes again, because that's what we got with the first season. However, there are two caveats. The first caveat is that there are... um, a lot of directors. I have a current list and we'll talk about them in a second, but there are seven directors this time for comparison. Season one only had five directors. So unless most people are just doing one episode and I think certain people like Filoni and Favreau are doing two, I think that that would lend credibility to the idea that this season could have a full 10 episodes. And now that season one was so big, we know that they probably are thinking, okay, you have the budget for it, and they went ahead and greenlit the full 10 episodes. So I think that's a possibility. Um, Also, if you notice in the Mandalorian um, documentary, they said episode 107, 108. They didn't say 18, because in the Mandalorian on... um, uh, on uh, Disney Plus, when you look up the episodes, it's 1.1, 1.2. But when they were talking about them, they said 101. And if you have that O in front, that means that you could go more than just nine. So I think there, that's a possibility. So I will ask James first. Do you think we'll be seeing 10, 8? Do you think 12? Which I don't think it's going to go that high. But what, what, how many episodes are you guessing? I feel like 8 is probably the most reasonable just because um, at the moment... I, I mean, unless they really want to extend the season, I mean, 12 could be a possibility uh, because, you know, fans want more. But I get the feeling that because of um, the events that have happened and because once, you know, things do open up again um, uh, and people can start filming and progressing the series, and uh, I get the feeling that it's probably going to stick to eight because they probably want to be able to focus on the episodes and fit in the best information into not too long of a um, mm-hmm. shooting time and everything. Um, I would yeah. imagine that at this point, because I mean, they did eight episodes and it's like, uh, it worked like, and um, I, I guess that's kind of the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So um, I, I kind of expect to that's see that. Fair. Yeah, I, I could, I could see that. And um, you know, if we get eight episodes, I'll be happy because I'm getting Star Wars. So um, it's, that's a pretty simple, pretty simple combination. We're getting Star Wars. I'm happy, but I wouldn't be surprised to see ten. Nathan, what are your thoughts on the number of episodes we might get? Small. I expect it to be smaller rather than the than the ten. If you think about how they added in those filler episodes, kind of latter, you know, in the, within the f- season one, how episodes mm-hmm. five and six really felt like a realization that they needed to pass some time. You know, they were mm-hmm. even planning shorter. They were planning, seems like they were planning six episodes yeah. to begin with. So mm-hmm. the likelihood that they're going to go from 
six originally to okay, we boofed it up to eight, but that was as big as they would go. I don't expect them to go to ten, but I would surely I would be happy if they did. Obviously, I think we want more, but um, with you know with with this type of thing, I would rather really not think about it in quantitative terms because mm-hmm. you know tell the story and don't drag things out. That's what I loved about some of the shorter episodes of Mandalorian was they didn't feel the need to give us extra things that were just, you know, filler to make an episode longer and keep us interested mm-hmm. for long. You know, it, you yeah. know, that some episodes were only 20 less than, less than even half an hour, you know? Yeah. Um, my, my favorite episode of the Mandalorian is the shortest episode. It's the, it's the second episode one. two, I think. Yeah. yeah. Episode two. Yeah. Because it's just, it's so simple and it's just, so they just put a lot of effort into making it the right thing. And the Jawas. So, and well, I don't, Jawas, I'm not like, you know, crazy for Jawas, but they're pretty fun, especially especially getting to see them sh- uh, thrown out of the uh, sand crawler, going at 30 miles per hour and seeing it just get trampled by the sand and crawler. And see, seeing was... them excited about the egg um, or the suit. The yeah. Suba. Suka! 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I will. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Transitioning a little bit. With that, I talked about the directors. We have seven confirmed, and I only thought we had six until I looked today. And so we, of course, know that John Favreau, in a press conference, revealed that he will be directing at minimum one. Mm-hmm. That's what he said, at least one. Yeah. So probably two. Dave Filoni said he will be doing one as well. And in that same press conference, they revealed that Carl Weathers, come back, Carl, um, <laughs> from, uh, from Toy Story, if, if anyone knows that, uh, he will be coming back. He acted in the first season as Grief Karga, which was, he was great. He was one of my, he's one of my favorite characters in that. But he's going to actually direct. He, I love the story that they said he enjoyed acting so much that he said, hey, can you, can you put me in the show more? And they wrote him in a little bit more. And then he said, hey, hey, you know, I'm, I've been directing for the last decade or so. Why don't you give me an episode to direct? So that makes sense. And then on May the 4th, was, which was really cool, we got a tweets that Robert Rodriguez, who did Alita Battle Angel, he did some of the Spy Kids movies, he did like the machete stuff. Um, uh, he's going to be directing an episode. And I'm pretty sure he's just doing one. And then we have Peyton Reed, who directed the Ant-Man movies, and he will be doing one episode as well. Oh, that's awesome. And then and then on top of that, as if we didn't have enough awesome directors, Rick Famuyiwa in the Mandalorian documentary revealed that he will be returning to direct in season two. And Bryce Dallas Howard, in an interview with Collider, told them that she's already directed a second episode, um, an episode that she'll be doing for season two. So that's seven directors at minimum. And that's, you know, a pretty all-star cast mm-hmm. of, of directors. That's going to be a really big table for the second season documentary. <laughs> that's going to be a lot of them to talk to. Another gallery. Uh, I think, yeah, the gallery. Uh, so, Nathan, of those directors, which are the ones that stand out to you that you're most interested in what they have to bring to the table? Honestly, it's got to be Rick Famuyiwa because of what he mm. did with season one. I didn't know his name, didn't know a thing about him. Yeah. Um, but man, he was so personable on the, on the, mm-hmm. on the, da- on the gallery. Absolutely. He seemed like he just, he won a lot of people over with his charisma, with his likability and with mm-hmm. kind of the knowledge of 
things that he presented, I'm a big fan now. So I don't know, you know, <coughs> the two new ones, uh, Peyton and Robert. It'll be very cool to see what directions they get. you got to bring in some new blood, some new ideas. And, and you know, a lot, a lot of the old ones, you know, I'm, excited, I'm definitely excited. Bryce Dallas Howard, you know, mm-hmm. I know she hadn't directed too much. So mm-hmm. for her, it was a really big opportunity, and I, I'm pleased that they felt she was worthy of a second uh, episode. And I feel like she will improve. I, I think she, she did well with what she had, but, you know, she, she definitely had a lot of room to grow. I'll be interested in watching, you know, how, you know, how pr- probably she talks, you know, on the gallery when she talks about all the things she learned and, and points our mm-hmm. attention to behind the scenes things that went much better the second time around. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously we can say we're all excited for, you know, Favreau and Filoni. Um, but, uh, but of the others, you know, every single one of them has something that I'm excited about. You know, Carl Weathers, maybe, you know, maybe he can <laughs> throw in some Rocky-esque uh, type <laughs> things, you know. It'd be we already cool. have the theme if, interspersed in the yeah. Mandalorian theme. If they, so gave him, if they gave him a Boba Fett versus Mandalorian or Din Djarin fight, <laughs> <laughs> what would that would break you. What would that be like, you know? Um, <laughs> that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, I... That would be cool. The poeticness of, of him being granted that fine. You know, the funny, the funny thing about Carl Weathers is that my, my impression or my, my understanding of Carl Weathers is not so much from watching Rocky or watching, um, I guess he was also in uh, Predator as well. But um, yeah. I remember mm-hmm. him from, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys watched the show, but Arrested Development. And in that show, he yep. plays himself. But he's actually playing this retired actor or himself as a retired actor (laughs) who basically is like scrounging around for money and like, you know, going. uh, I think he goes into the home of uh, uh, I forget the main character's family already, but uh, he just goes in, like talks about eating stew or whatnot. And it's like that that's that's all I knew him for. So like seeing him in The Mandalorian, like kind of blew me away. (laughs) Um, But anyways, non Star Wars related. You can probably edit that out if you yeah. want. <laughs> which no, it's uh, which which director James are you most interested in, um, new or old? Um, well, I definitely want to see what John Favreau does with uh, directing an episode. Um, but Robert Rodriguez actually, and I'm not a big fan of Robert Rodriguez. But then again, I did watch the Spider Man or the the Spider Man the Spy Kids Spider-Man. movies. Uh, <laughs> um, no, um, the Spy Kids movies. I think, uh, you know, it was it's interesting that I'm, I'm surprised that they brought him on board because he's known for the American Grindhouse type uh, movies that yeah. have been in existence, like a lot of those, you know, Machete and uh, um, uh, <laughs> I think it was like From Dusk Till Dawn as well. Um, and, you know, I he he's more in line with uh People like Tarantino, I feel like, where he makes those kind of like bloody, mm. gory films or whatnot. So I'm actually surprised. Yeah. But I would be interested in seeing what he does uh, with a Star Wars episode. I think that it would be neat. I, I just hope that they don't, you know, they would never turn it into something R-rated because it's on Disney+. No. Plus. Um, but I would be fascinated to see, like, you know, how can he bring it down to a level that it's interesting and, you know, would still be appropriate for kids to watch. Um, Cause I mean, he mm-hmm. did spy kids. So, I mean, it's possible that he can dumb things down to a level, but hopefully not 
too dumb because spy kids you go back it's pretty painful to watch um but knowing how oh, it's pretty protective awesome. <laughs> that favreau and uh filoni are of you know star wars in general i think that they wouldn't li- they wouldn't bring him on board unless he was really going to play something well into uh telling the story of the mandalorian so i'm i'm pretty excited about that that does sound interesting and I have no idea what Carl Weathers is going to do. Uh, so I, I'm definitely interested in seeing uh, what he could bring to the table, um, especially because he acted in the series. And so he kind of gets an idea for uh, many of these characters um, getting to be on set. So I, I would be fascinated in seeing his direction as well. Um, yeah, I would say that Robert Rodriguez is the Taika Waititi of this season. He's the most different of the group, but... I think that with Taika, we saw that he infused a little bit. He was known for his humor, and he infused a little bit of his humor, but to a point. And so it, but he still directed his episode, still felt like a Mandalorian episode. So I think that Robert Rodriguez, whatever his episode is, will have maybe an edge, maybe some cool action, some unique stuff, but will still feel like Mandalorian, especially if Favreau or Filoni are writing that episode. So I feel confident and safe in that aspect of it. Um, the one, the, the two ep- directors I'm most interested in are Filoni and Rick Famuyiwa. So Rick Famuyiwa directed my favorite episode of Mandalorian and my least favorite because I did not like how he wrote season six. Uh, I mean, sorry, episode six of the first season. I thought it was fine. Um, I like the vibe was good, but I just, he, they were, he just did writing and directing choices in that episode that I just wasn't a huge fan of. And I think he can have a, another chance at it. But when he directs what Jon Favreau gave him with the second episode, it was just gold for me. So I'm very excited for that. And Filoni, I'm excited for him's directing because I think that's the one where we'll get ahsoka if we get her and i'm also excited to see him write again because he wrote the episode that had the most references in it he had the most (laughs) the episode five despite the fact that it was one of the weaker episodes of the whole series it did have the throwbacks and the easter eggs and nathan knows i love my easter eggs so um (laughs) that's true the uh what was it the the pit droids um from the pit droids the the whole cantina Um, by the way, you look in the Mandalorian documentary, the gallery, and you see how much to a T they recreated the, the cantina and all the little blast marks and all the, especially how you had the little detail of the oil coming out of the R2 unit. Like that was just, you know, brilliant. Like only a super nerd's going to catch that. And so I do look forward to those aspects of it, but obviously Favreau, uh, Peyton Reed, Robert Rodriguez, and Bryce Dallas Howard. I think she did a good job. I definitely think that she's more of a character director, so I don't think she's going to have quite as much um, action. But I would like to see her add some, like, you know, how she made a machine, like a horror monster in the first season. That was cool. I'd like to see if they can do anything like that. Maybe maybe she'll have a character running in high heels in uh, in the second season. Um, so that's, that's basically what we have for the directors. And, uh, we have talked a little bit about plot. Um, so I'm just going to get to, do you have any 
my last big point, do you have any big surprises or something that's going to shock everyone or maybe what you think the end of the season might be? Or, you know, we have, this is the one we know the least about this question. So, uh, Nathan, I'll go throw it to you. What are you expecting the surprise to be, or what are you expecting the, uh, ending of the season to be? Well, we know that the, that the dark saber will see some action. <clears throat> we know there's going to be some, like sword fighting. And I'm really excited to see who that is, who that involves. Our first probably thought goes to Ahsoka, um, but you know, she would she would dominate anybody with a lightsaber mm-hmm. that's that's living at that point besides Luke maybe who we won't see. Um, so it probably actually will be a combination of Kara and Dinjarin fighting him together using makeshift other weapons that might be able to fight against the Darksaber, or possibly they, you know, it's more of a scrap type thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I would be interested to see, like, those type of battles, like, how are they going to come about? And if we do see Ahsoka, she has to be, you know, awesome. She has to win. She Mm -hmm. definitely has to, like, put on a show, because this (laughs) this is somebody that was trained by... Anakin Skywalker, you know, yeah, and, and, if, and even though I said she couldn't be Luke, she probably could be Luke, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, now that, now I, think that so. I think about it, like she has way, she was trained, you know, in, in fighting and, and I guess with her, with her age, do we know, uh, does, um, does her species age a little bit slower? Is she going to have retained her youth somewhat better than, I don't know. I think she's going to be roughly the... I think that just for audience sake. Yeah, probably. I would say, yeah, late 30s, early 40s, probably somewhere in there. So what about you, James? Um, I think as far as how the uh, season could end, I don't know for sure, but I definitely think that there's going to be something we find out about the baby that he's not actually who we think he is. Um, uh, Mm. We're... I, I think that, you know, especially because of the hints of the dark side within this baby Yoda, I think um, it's it's very likely that we could find out his origins uh, having something to do with um, uh, either the, the mo- uh, Grand Moff, or actually he's not a Grand Moff, he's just a Moff. Nope, um, just a Moff. Uh, but either that or maybe, I don't know, I won- well, I doubt that you would actually find his parents or his mother necessarily um uh but yoda and yaddle but, but, um. <laughs> i mean who knows <laughs> but but he, i mean it's very possible that those who raised him or who were taking care of him or, or or something like something of his origins may come to this point of finding out that he actually is um has uh dark side powers or dark side uh, uh of the force like heavily within him and then it could end with, you know, a separation between Mando and Baby Yoda and Baby Yoda, you know, tries to force choke him or something like that. I mean, we have no idea mm-hmm. exactly, but it's certainly a possibility um, that, that might be a little far fetched. Yeah. But I, I get a feeling that there's going to be something that's going to be upsetting to the audience in the sense that, like, wait a minute, what? No. And, and like, I feel like if you're going to do something that really twists things is if you take away some of the expectations of baby Yoda, uh, and, uh, will do something that will 
create a, a darkness to him that that we did not see. So I might be repeating yeah. myself. We'll, we'll find we'll we will find out that uh, season two is going to end murder on the Orient Express style. Everybody's <laughs> the bad guy. Yeah. Um, I just uh, thought of what, another and prediction. Then, and then Jar Jar will appear yeah, yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> no, no, kidding. no. Uh, Nathan, what was your <laughs> what was your prediction? I predict that we will see a Star Destroyer in this season. Ooh, yes, that's a good, that is a good, I think that's a reasonable expectation. Do you think, yeah, they've held back so far a little bit. I don't know if after, if Gideon is defeated, if we'll see one of those scenes where the henchman goes back to the big boss that's bigger than him, and we'll, we'll have it revealed that there's someone else. I don't know. You know, it could be... It's not going to be, but is it, you know, Thrawn or something like that? <laughs> I yeah. knew you were going to go there. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to be Thrawn. It's not going to be think, Thrawn. Yeah. Especially since this isn't, like, we talk about how much creative development Dave has. I don't <laughs> think that Dave's going to use anything that he would normally use <laughs> in his other animated series that he's wanting to direct eventually so for instance if we see ahsoka we're not going to see her on her journey to find um ezra Mm -hmm. and so that therefore we won't see ezra and we won't see thrawn or anything i don't think um but here is i i I just thought of this while you were talking james here's an example of why you two will want to read the books in the future because in the rise of skywalker novelization they revealed what a strand cast is and if you remember, in Mandalorian Season 1, Quill s- looks at Baby Yoda and says he's too ugly to be a strand cast. Huh. And in the and now he could just not know enough, and this is a different kind of strand cast, but a strand cast, according to the Rise of Skywalker novelization, is a clone. And that is what they made the Emperor's children out of, were strand casts. Huh. Uh, so, like, his son, who eventually had um, Ray, uh, he was a strand cast. So we now know what that term means. Going out of that episode, we were all like, hmm, I wonder what does that mean? Huh. Is that a child or what? So that's a cool, a cool uh, revelation. And also, we are getting a brand new art of the Mandalorian book. And we're getting a Mandalorian visual dictionary by Pablo Hidalgo, the guy who's done all the other cool visual dictionaries, <laughs> and we're getting new novels and comics. So those are coming out in December and January. Mm. So those are all going to be quite fun. More for me. But I know that, Nathan, you have one of the visual dictionaries, so who knows? Maybe maybe you'll get that and we have a book to discuss. Sure. Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we will announce our next episode topic all right so uh nathan do you want to announce what our next episode topic is going to be the title of our next episode will be the state of the sith in the prequel era Mm. talking about their lore and things like that very good discussion yeah we'll talk about you know darth bane and uh darth plagius and darth uh Revan and all that oh, stuff leading up. You just said my favorite boy. <laughs> I, I knew that would get you excited, so that's going to be a fun episode. It actually has already been a fun episode quite a while ago, but <laughs> um, yeah, James, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us on this episode. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Um, look forward to the next time we have you on. Uh, but until next time, I'm Jonathan. 
And I'm Nathan. And I'm James. And thank you for listening to Two Sons of Tatooine.